Ain't this what they been waiting for? You ready? Uh, uh, I used to pray. We are a day away from Penn State's home finale. We are in disbelief that that's a true statement. And we are having a hard time finding out how to finish these we are. So welcome into another Friday edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. Andrew Callahan and Sean Fitz, as always. And before I dish it off here to my partner, I just I want to unload a few thank yous um, to everyone who helped get me here and, and played a role in my time at uh, 247. Um, first of all, to my parents, all the writing workouts in the morning, the coaches' podcast practices in the afternoon. You know, Sean helped giving me this opportunity. It's it's really been a special time, and I just truly appreciate everyone who read or listened over what's been a great four, you know, minus a lot years um, at 24-7 Sports, and I'm going to miss it. I'm sorry, what? I'm just getting in the senior day the spirit, you know? <laughs> You're you know, that's, sure. That's all. What? Um, it's senior day. It's tomorrow. Didn't you hear? I, I heard. Yes. You said you were going to catch me off guard with the intro. You certainly did. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on that. Um You've got a contract. You're staying. I'm not letting you go. No. All right. Anyway, senior week, uh, senior day, actually, not senior week. Uh, big day, uh, big favorites over Nebraska, and uh, yeah, it should be fun, minus the weather. It should be fun. Yeah, weather's going to be crap. Um, sleet and cold, and at least there's a 4 o'clock kick, though, because you'll get to tailgate beforehand. We're going to be tailgating you know, with the number of members of the board. Um, I have some friends in town. Actually, I'm looking forward to that, but you know, once it comes kickoff, bundle up, get ready. And, you know, there's no better way to get ready than with the podcast. That's why you're here. So our rundown of the week, it's going to be a shorter episode than normal, but we are going to do quote of the week, tweet of the week, some recruiting news. Um, senior Word Association, go back to the recruiting efforts of each of the guys that you'll see who will be on the field pregame. Penn State has a ball and Nebraska has a ball. We're going to skip the 3-2 part of the 3-2-1 rundown, just do the bowl prediction and mailbag. So with this being a shorter episode, let's get right to it in a senior-themed podcast episode Quote of the Week came to us on Tuesday. This was great. I think Mike Kosicki had probably his best sit-down interview session that you've ever had when we spoke with him, uh, James, and then Brandon Smith. And we were getting into his relationship with Deshaun Hamilton. Now, the two of them are very similar, have been for a long time. And I wrote about this earlier this week. What you didn't learn, though, is that Mike is still close with Christian Hackenberg. And so he was asked about that relationship, and he again brought it back to Deshaun, saying Deshaun, just as Mike will give it to Deshaun, cracks on him all the time. Here is the quote. Quote, you and Hack were the duo that never happened at Penn State. That's like Deshaun's favorite joke. <laughs> Savage from Man, number five. That's brutal. They go back and forth all the time. We see them after practice all yeah, the time. Sure. It's it's hysterical to see these guys go back and forth. But, yeah, they've uh, they've got a special bond, and it'll, it'll lead us into the tweet of the week. But, yeah, that, that uh, Hack to Desecchi uh, connection really never came through. I mean, it's, uh, it's a matter of timing. It's also a matter of... Uh, you know, a few other things that played out, but right. I, I think it worked out well for everybody. Yep. Hack on his way out after 2015, that off season leading into 2016, when Mike really founded what's been, um, you know, a, a renaissance really for him over his collegiate career and done an outstanding job as Penn State's, you know, big time receiving tight end. Now we're going to stick with those two because tweet of the week is really Instagram comments of the week. A few of you probably saw this a couple of weeks ago, but we have a follow up. So Mike, of course, at Michigan State, on the same drive, does his patented, you know, run up, slow down, leap over two defenders. One two worked foot, out fine. Two foot jump. Two yeah. foot jump. One worked out fine. The other did not. So there's a picture. I don't know who posted it. It might have been Mike himself. Yeah. That Deshaun comments and says, again, quote, stop <laughs> jumping. <laughs> a week later, Saquon Barkley hurdles a Rutgers defender. He posts a picture of that. Looks great. 
Mike, this being our tweet slash Instagram comment of the week, says at Deshaun, who's like Hammy Pacquiao, quote, can he keep jumping? He can keep jumping, man. Man, this has been gold for these two the last two weeks. No, and yes, he can. Yeah, he can. Uh, no, it's it's hysterical to watch these guys. And, and they're obviously, you know, they're, they're still focused on their season. They're still focused on doing what they do. But to... to to sort of pick and choose the stuff that they put up, and it's and they're I don't think uh, Mike is on Twitter anymore or anything like that, and, and a lot of these guys take a break from Twitter, but yeah, just seeing them on Instagram, so. seeing them on Instagram, just kind of snipe back and forth at each other shows you what kind of team they have, and and, and it's a great relationship. It's it's cool to watch. I mean, it's just that, that's basically all this, there is to it. Recruiting last week, I crushed this. I said it's cold, it's Rutgers, no one's going to come. It's still going to be cold. Nebraska, not much of an improvement, but there's a big difference. A lot of people in town tomorrow. By the way, would Rutgers beat Nebraska right now, you think? Ooh. That was a question we had on the board. I think they would. Just given where Nebraska Ooh. is right now. Neutral site? Neutral, yeah, we'll give it. No, you know how it I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody going to be in the stands for that game. Six overtimes. Six overtimes? Yeah, right. whoever's just still standing. Well, there are going to be people watching Nebraska this weekend, notably recruits, official visitors in, Jason Owe, Solomon Enos. Um, a couple of guys that Penn State probably has a little bit of work to do. I think it, it's sort of a fluid situation for Enos. Um, obviously, we've talked about those big four guys, um, Jason Owe, Tyreek Smith, Micah Parsons, and Rasheed Walker as sort of the priority right now because Penn State wants to add a little bit more up front on both sides of the ball in this right. class. Space, obviously, a premium, as always. Um, I hadn't heard that. Enos is a guy that's scheduled a visit uh, for, the, I believe, the Indiana game in September. Penn State kind of pushed it back. They just didn't have space. But, you know, I think he's right on that fringe. And, and, you know, if you see one of these guys go elsewhere, I could see the door opening for him. Obviously, he's got the connections to his father um, and, and a lot of other things. He's coming all the way from Arizona for this game, which shows you how much, you know, he kind of wants to be here. And, you know, I think if that door is open, Penn Penn State's got an excellent chance to uh, to bring him in. And not only just the distance that he's traveling, but the weather he's leaving in Arizona to come to this, I think, says a lot. He's got an Arizona State offer, which, you know, obviously there's there's a little bit more to go on that. But, no, I mean, uh, I think it's one of the situations where Penn State can take its time. Uh, Solomon Enos isn't going to sign in December. He's going to sign in February. He's probably going to visit USC in the, in the new year as well mm-hmm. um, and, and see Arizona State in December, I believe it is. Um, so the opportunity, I think, will play itself out with Enos. Um, you know, if Penn State opens that door, I think they got a good shot. Oway, Penn State's got some some ground to make up with Ohio State. Of course, Notre Dame has got an official visit scheduled. Michigan's got an official visit scheduled. Another guy that's not going to sign in December, he's going to announce at the Under Armour game um, on January 4th, which is the same day that Tyreek Smith's going to announce. So um, it, it'll be interesting to play to see this play out. Every time Oway is on campus, he's blown away he has a Love phenomenal it. trip um you know and that and that's just part of you know location football academics sort of the, the package that he's looking for is which why i think michigan's in it more than m- many people think they are um so going back to uh those guys i think they, they certainly have a shot at both i think tyreek smith micah parsons still the the guys that you look to most likely to end up in this class i've got uh both of my crystal balls on those guys so um so so we'll see how that plays out um unofficials moving down the line 2019 kids coming in trevor keegan's a top 247 offensive lineman from illinois he came in for the lash bash penn state offered him um so certainly getting him back for the second time this season and and bryce efner who's committed to penn state is coming in from illinois this weekend as well so maybe get him in his him in the ear 
Um, and then uh, John Mechie is a guy that I look to as a potential, very, very likely potential member of this class. He's going to his third game this year. I and mean, you wrote about him yesterday, he, didn't you? I wrote about him, yes, yesterday. Um, Mechie is, an, is a guy that they saw at camp. You know, he does, he's not going to blow you away. He's not a 4-3 guy or anything like that. But, you know, he's, he's a smooth, good athlete. He's like sort of like a Mac Hippenhammer, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a step slower than Mac. Uh, put, you can put him in the slot. You can put him outside. He can do a lot of things. And Penn State really likes him. He's a Canadian guy. He's playing at St. James. He's actually playing for my old high school coaches uh, down at St. James. And uh, it's 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 been fun to watch him grow. He's, he's actually a little bit older than the rest of his class. So he's been on the radar for a long time. But I think 32 career touchdown catches for him. So he's been a productive player at St. James. So I'm looking at him. Don't know if it's a commitment this weekend, but I think he eventually ends up in this class. Um, and Jesse Lukita told me he wasn't letting him go any anywhere else. <laughs> Another Canadian, Canadian there. guys. Uh, yeah, they're they're brutal, but uh, uh, brutally polite. Br- brutally polite. Yeah, that's a way to put it. And by the way, I think uh, voting closes today for Jesse Lukita for the Under Armour game. So you know, if you're by six devices or whatever the people are on our board voting for him, so it's probably a good day to do it. Um, 2020 Julian Fleming, uh, top prospect in the state, probably in the 2019 or 2020 classes uh, from Southern Columbia. He will be up for another unofficial. Came to a game earlier this year. Um, so, you know, every opportunity to cultivate that relationship. Josh Gaddis, uh, uh, James Franklin, of course, is going to be a, have a big hand in that. So, um, I mean, it's it's a good-looking weekend considering what's going on. And actually, Mechie told me, you know, it's weather permitting. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the, the caveat you got to throw out for all these guys. It's, it's weather permitting. It's, it's one of those things that uh, you really don't have much control over. But, you know, these guys, uh, I think all of them have been on campus before. So you're, you're okay with that. Yeah, parking lots are going to be closed. You get to an issue of just travel and particularly to travel home. I mean, you could wait it so it's its warmest point during the days you're trying to make it up and depending on which way you come to campus i mean you just have to consider that weather and it's not a matter of i'm going to get there no matter what it's i'm going to get there safely how do i do that and if there's no possible way given your circumstances it's just going to be well you know better luck coming up next time if you're a kid for a visit um or for a fan you know just just stay at home and enjoy but the these recruiting efforts seem forever ago for a lot of the guys we just talked about mike Kosicki, dejan hamilton brendan mann and brandon smith and then parker crossman and others so let's jump back to that. And you had a great idea, word association with each of these. Um, I will feed you one of the five names I just did, and let's lead off with Brendan Mann. Okay. Uh, Brendan Mann is a liar um, in a good way. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. to You think back. Would you ever tell that right to his I face? I tell it to him all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, he uh, – Because I would not. He uh, No, he's, he's, he's been great uh, to work with. But uh, going back to his recruitment, uh, he came for a junior day one day. And Penn State told all the players there they weren't offering anyone. So they actually offered him that day. But he was such a good soldier that he, you know, I think he knew where he wanted to go at that point. He was such a good soldier. He came back and and did not report the offer. And I'm talking to him probably three weeks later or something like that. We're talking about his recruitment. I'm like, so when are you going to tell me that they offered you like three weeks ago? And he's like, what are you talking about? And, I'm, and so I pressed him on it. I'm like, come on now. Let's let's be honest. You know, I've known this for a couple of weeks. We sat, sort of sat on it. And and then he's like, yeah, you got me. And and, and he's a big, you know, they used to call him Big Baby. He's, he's just a big all shucks type of guy. And uh, it was just like he came back at it like, okay, you got me. And here's what's happening. I'm committing. Garrett's committing. You know, Christian is already committed. Adam Brenneman committed. Ryan Switzer is going to commit, which mm-hmm. obviously that didn't didn't work out. But no, no he, he he straight up lied to everyone. Um, <laughs> but it was at the request of the coaching staff, so we'll let him off the hook. Okay, uh, different story. Mike Kosicki, five star, well targeted, 
and been here for a couple of whiteouts, and that's all I have on him myself. He, have? he actually wasn't a five-star. I mean, he was a mid-three-star at one point. Uh, J.C. Sherbert saw him and loved him. I mean, like, more than anybody would have done, and, and he put him at the number one tight end in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, and, you know, I, I'd say he's probably lived up to that uh, that reputation, which is, is crazy, but the thing about Mike is, obviously, he, he was considering Penn State and Ohio State at the end, took the official visit to Penn State, they didn't think they were getting him. They thought they, they thought he was going to Ohio State. I talked to somebody, I think the day before his announcement, you know, we made a good run at him. This kid wants to win championships. And obviously at Penn State at that point, that wasn't going to happen. So they went back and the next day, uh, you know, I think only a very few select people, including Bill O'Brien, I think Hackenberg knew, Brenneman may have known, uh, things like that, knew that they were getting him. But a lot of people around Penn State did not think they were getting Mike. And, and when he committed, obviously that was a big deal and, and really solidified things for the next couple of years. And you thought you were going to see the Hackenberg uh, connection there. You you also thought you were going to see a couple of great two tight end sets with Adam Brenneman. That didn't work out the either. duo that never happened part but, two. But yeah, I mean, this is a kid that, that honed his craft. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go Matt Millen here. Still not a good blocker but at the same time um really a credit to how hard he worked to bounce back from that awful year he had i believe as a sophomore so um you know hats off to him and uh yeah he's had a really good career at penn state okay i'm gonna jump in here because we get to speak with parker cothran this week and he had a recruiting story that i loved and it basically came down to how does a defensive tackle from alabama come all the way up to state college it's a 13 hour drive from his house And as he was explaining this, which I'm sure he's done countless times before, but he mentioned that he first noticed Penn State on a visit to Purdue. During that game, Penn State blew out Purdue, something to the tune of like 33-3, to as he recalled. So he says, you know what, why don't I just send my film over to them too? Obviously, they're winning more games than Purdue is. And so his brother did. They sent an offer immediately. Obviously, you know, what transpired afterward uh, was a commitment. And, you know, it's... It was interesting to hear that, too, because, of course, you know, it's a different situation being at a school like a Purdue. Where yeah, you, he was committed to Purdue, yeah. Right, right. And, and you have those different level and tiers of programs, and you, you want to bring them in for the biggest of games. But then if you're putting on display a product that's superior to your own, I mean, that's the, the risk you run. Which is funny, because after Penn State, you know, he, he got him and he committed and everything. Then Auburn comes in, and I, uh, a couple other Southern schools came in and offered him. And, and at that point, I mean, that was seen as a step up, especially for a Southern kid. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's been, he, he's been a warrior for them and I don't think he's he gets enough credit um you know I think he's been a very solid player for a long time and the thing I remember his mom's great man he it, she likes every photo I put up on on <laughs> Facebook of my kids uh she's just an absolute sweetheart so yeah I mean he's been uh he's been a credit to the program as well Brandon Smith Brandon Smith is the only recruit ever to end uh excuse me attend a Lions 24/7 tailgate ah and <laughs> you know if you know anything about Brandon he wasn't coming down to slam beers or anything like that he's he was just along for the ride with uh you know uh, a member from our board um, I believe this was uh, 2012 or 2011 or something like that, and he wasn't even really on the radar at all yet. Uh, nicest kid in the world. I mean, you, you've known that after following him for a for couple two of years. Seconds. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, he was at that tailgate. Uh, did not ask for a beer. He, he took <laughs> took some food and went to the game. Eventually, walked on at Penn State. Made the most out of his career. It's been it's been fun to watch him grow. And and I think he's been married probably about as long as I have. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, just a, another credit to the program. You guys, you guys bond over that? 
<laughs> he's married I think, at the same time. I think this he's my cool. age. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Um, but no, it's uh, it's been really cool to watch him grow as a local boy. Um, he's basically everything you want when you're taught when you're pointing to walk-ons about what you can potentially do with this program. Brendan Smith's everything you could you could want to do. And his story was told so frequently last year when he comes on against Temple, has eight tackles, makes a couple of starts thereafter, and everyone's going, "Okay, who is this?" I mean, he even had a spot in Sports Illustrated, and in partly the dynamic of his relationship and his unique circumstances. But this week, I got to write that story again with some different information we had from James. So I'm not going to you know tell the whole story here, but if you go back on the site or look for the Brandon Smith story about he's back in the spotlight for Senior Day, unfortunate circumstances, many Bowen being suspended. But in my mind, that's a rightful place where he should be because he practiced at the Will all camp, is now back at Will in place of Bowen and doing what he always has, what the, what the coaching staff has asked him to do. And part of that story, again, the only tidbit I'll offer, is that he had been pushing them, saying, I can play linebacker, I can do this, I can do special teams, every week in James's office. And they finally relented with a little bit of help. Um, but it's, you know, a, a remarkable story. And as much as it's, you know, from a media perspective, one of those where you don't want to keep telling, you want to find something new. We had enough new tidbits in my mind to, to post that. And it was really enjoyable writing because it was, you know, get back in touch with the kid who up until last week and hadn't started or really seen much time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and <laughs> the, the, I think the memorable play for, for Smith is not a great one. The targeting call at Michigan. Uh, which is just was obviously a joke of a call, but at the same time, I mean, if you know Brandon Smith, he's never targeted one person in his life in anything. So it's yeah. it's it was just really funny to hear that. All right, last one, and then we'll get into when Penn State hits the ball, Nebraska has the ball, bowl prediction and mailbag. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton came up for an official visit, um, nowhere near making a decision or anything like that. Penn State got rolling. I believe it was the weekend that Jonathan Walton committed, Zade Isak uh, recommitted. I think there was one other guy. But I, you know, I was talking to some people in the program uh, about the commitments that they got that day, and, and Hamilton was the last one. And my one of my contacts says, hey, buddy, the biggest one's yet to come. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Deshaun Hamilton's coming. And he's like, yeah. yep, you got it. So um, so that was pretty cool, just to, the, the amount of ground that Penn State made up and then distanced themselves between Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, a couple other schools in there as well, was was pretty phenomenal at the time. And, you know, he came in injured. He was a guy that uh, the did. Wrist. Yeah, he had, he had the wrist. He had a couple of things. Um, but he came out as a redshirt freshman. And Hack actually told me, you know, just kind of off the record personally, he's like, this kid's going to be our, our leading receiver this year i mean it, that that's how good he was as a redshirt freshman in camp uh phenomenally quick feet i i don't know where his pro prospects lead he's not the fastest guy in the world but you know he's just been uber productive for penn state and uh you know it's been it's been funny to think about how his career has gone especially last year with the pit game and the ups and downs that he had i mean to be leaving as penn state's all-time leading receiver says something about you know how hard he's worked to get there it has it'll be a big factor in penn state has the they're ball. gonna miss him they're gonna yeah, miss him. absolutely i mean we talked about this before this season too about we both believed he would lead Penn State in catches he's done that receiving yards touchdowns he, he's been everywhere super effective from the slot last week played this, this uh, X for a couple of snaps which was unusual but but a guy who has worked so hard for everything that he's had um, and again you know you can read more about him as something I wrote this week is there are so many guys on the team that want to be friends with him he's yeah. like the king of cool on that roster and uh, it was it was fun learning about that as well as some other tidbits about various seniors that are going to graduate and move on, or already have graduated and will nonetheless move on. So when Penn State has the ball, uh, Deshaun's one thing, Ryan Bates is another. He was at practice this week. His presence on the offensive line could absolutely be huge. I mean, not that it might spur or fix Penn State's rushing game altogether, but if he's back, he'll be at left tackle. Presumably, Will Fry's back at right tackle. We didn't see him practice for the last 10 minutes of Wednesday session that we were allowed into as media, but the fact that he's got full pads on, he looks pretty sweaty, and in my mind, 
Didn't seem like he'd be out for long after leaving Ohio State. I think bodes well. Gave him the sweat test, huh? I did. I got as close as I could and then, you know, <laughs> just made a judgment call. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, we don't have to tell you this. I mean, having Ryan Bates there, it doesn't make them a completely different line. But at the same time, you get your best player back, you're, you're, you're doing okay. And putting Will Fries back on the right side um, with Chaz Wright has obviously struggled. I mean, yep. there's, there's there's been issues there at the right side. So it should help the running game, should help Barkley. You know, I think 101 yards away from 1,000 should get there. He's, he's not far from 2,000 all-purpose yards. So, you know, you know, for him to get back and, and get going, you know, it's it's one thing that it's not always on him. So I think the offensive line being back, whoever's back there, and right. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Miles Sanders. I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of Andre Robinson as well. So uh, whoever's back there, I think should have a little bit clearer sledding this week. Uh, you know, with Ryan Bates in front of him, if he's if he's ready to go. A couple other things I'm looking for when Penn State has the ball: the back alignment disguise. I wrote about this a lot until the tape this week against Rutgers. They moved Barkley and or Sanders around on 70% of standard downs, meaning downs where there's not a clear pass or run tendency. So that, I think, is something they're going to continue to do against Nebraska. 3-4 defense plays rather conservatively, just as Rutgers did against Penn State. And the big thing for the Lions is that they Nebraska does not get a lot of tackles for loss. They're among the worst teams in the country at stopping rushes for zero yards or negative yards, which, of course, has been Penn State's biggest problem <laughs> so, the last so few something, years. something's got to give this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Penn State will move forward. They're not, you know, it's it's... It's going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, I think the fact that they also played a 3-4 defense just last week will help them in what's usually deemed an unusual scheme or a little bit different from what they've had to handle. Um, The bonus for Nebraska, though, in the back end, very long, very athletic. I think this might be another game in which they feature Mike Kosicki quite a bit against those linebackers. They're going to have four of them out there on most downs. And some more RPOs. I mean, again, when they're playing that similar 3-4 defense, typically some quarters coverage in there, you can attack those linebackers in those zone spots, at which point if the linebacker drops out for the route, you've only got six in the box, you hand it off. If he crashes down, well, then Mike Kosicki or perhaps Sashon Hamilton's wide open on a quick out. I was just going to say, Hamilton and Jasicki should be big this game. Um, obviously, the, Nebraska hasn't recruited poorly. They've got athletes. They've got you know players, but it's just been so mismanaged that it's been bad. So, um, First-year so th- coordinator Bob Diaco, I, I have, <laughs> stories, boy. Yeah, have stories about from my time at UConn. Uh, we'll share those for another podcast. Anyway, probably. when Nebraska has the ball, the quarterback, <laughs> Tanner Lee, uh, in concussion protocol, as of this recording, yeah. no real uh, word on that. But to be honest with you, man, concussion protocol this late in the season for that record, I don't see them taking any chances with him. But at the same time, their backup can make he can make some things happen with his feet, so he might be a little bit more dangerous. Um, so, I mean, it, I don't think it, it particularly matters. Uh, this is a team I feel that, has almost quit, you know, on their uh, on the rest of their team. I mean, they know so. changes coming. The AD yeah, is they gone. Know Mike Riley coming. is almost assuredly following him right out the door. They also have a Eric Lee Jr. as a cornerback, been in concussion protocol since late October. So Ugh. I'm not to say that this will be the same instance for Tanner Lee, but I think you're right. Pat O'Brien is backup, who's deemed a little bit more mobile, can still make those throws. I mean, Terry Smith told me that you know they're basically they're both pocket passers, so the system is the same. The way you're going to approach them is pretty similar. He just has less experience, which you saw translate against Minnesota last week when he's taking sack after sack against the Gophers. Yeah, and they, they take sack after sack. They like to get the ball downfield to hit those chunk plays. Um, if you stop them, and, and you have that here in the breakdown, which I kind of skipped ahead, if you stop them, you stop Nebraska. Well, you know, and that's really the big part. I think this is, as we said on Monday, Nebraska week in name only. It's about Penn State. We talked about that with the offense. Can the running game get going? What's the offensive line going to look? Ryan Bates going to be there or is it not? 
defensively, same deal. I mean, if they stop those big passing plays, Nebraska has nothing else to rely on against this quality of defense. Now, again, the defensive line has been an issue with the pass rush, but if Ryan Buckholz, who, like Bates, was at practice, we didn't see him line up for any snaps, but was there, full pads, everything, can play, that helps that pass rush, and I think they're going to be able to get home against the guys we just said, holds on to the ball a little bit too long. Yeah, definitely. Uh, bold prediction for you for this game. Oh, bold prediction. Uh, well, I got this one right. Last week, okay. Rutgers was held to single-digit points, and I also crushed my Tommy Stevens prediction for the third week in a row. Uh, that was 0 for 2, but now we're going to still ride with Tommy. Tommy gets a touchdown against Nebraska. Dude, are you on the Tommy Stevens payroll or something like that? <laughs> you're just you're just all about well, I, you know, the, the first two times when it was he's going to take snaps in that two-quarterback package, was I just was so certain because we had seen it. And it was right defenses against Ohio State and Michigan State. And it was in the game plan. He yeah. just never happened to make the field. Then against Rutgers, he does. And I'm telling you, he will against Nebraska. And he will be in the end zone with the ball in his hands. Or dunking it over the field goal post. So it's everybody else's fault but yours. As well. Yes, okay. always. Sounds good. I got a senior pick six. Ah. I don't know who it's going to be. It might be Haley. It might be Campbell. It might be Allen or Apke or Brandon Smith or Jason Kibbin. There's a lot of seniors on this team that I, I can't name them all. But yeah, I'm going to go with a senior pick six. Uh, like a sicky pick six? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, maybe they fake a field goal. Throw them on for a Hail Mary defense. You know, you're big guys in the back. Perfect. The yes, that would be the great back. way to end the uh, story storybook career. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think a, a senior gets his hand on the ball and, and and we have fun with these, and I, I, you'd love to see that and on Senior Day, um, you know, especially for for some of these underappreciated guys. I'd love to see Troy Apke get one; that'd be great. I yeah. mean, just uh, just to just to be in the right place at the right time. But yeah, I'll go with the Senior Pick Six, and uh, you can laud me for that later. Okay, so. so if I'm on the Tommy Stevens payroll, you are on Troy Apke. Sure, yeah. sure. All right, that works. On to the mailbag. <laughs> we only have two questions this week. Uh, Twitter, we a... Twitter loves one, hates the other. So, yes, <laughs> yes. So anyway. uh, we had three we wanted to take, but as we said at the outset, got to cut time short. Let's start with. The uh, less important one. Over under two and a half of these five remaining prospects, how many land with Penn State? You're looking at Micah Parsons, Jason Owe, Tyreek Smith, Solomon Enos, Rashid Walker, over under two and a half. I'm going over. I think, they get, I think they get three of the five. Okay. Uh, and, and I think, as I said earlier, Tyreek Smith, Micah Parsons are, are two guys that, you know, I have crystal balls in that I feel pretty decent about right now. Um, Parsons is obviously going to announce on the December 20th, um, and, and Tyreek Smith and Jason Owe both announce on January 4th at the Under Armour game, which I'll be at. Um, and then uh, on top of that, I, I think there's moving parts there with Solomon Enos. I think Rashid Walker, Penn State's still in it with them, but I think they go with, they get with three of them and I think they'll be perfectly happy with three of them. And you'd like to get all five of them, but the space just isn't there. So I'll go with three. I'll go with over. In my expert recruiting opinion. Um, these are football players. Yes. I, these are football players <laughs> and I agree with you. Okay. Um, very good. So That's three smart. out of five. That's yes. Smart so expert get, opinion. Get excited. With me. Yeah. Uh, but please forward all complaints to at Sean Fitz 247 in the event that uh, that does not transpire. Yes. Now, as I said, two questions. One was more important. Here it is. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. What? It is. No. Yes. Action movie it's an action christmas it occurs movie. during christmas but christmas is not central to the plot except for that's why everyone congregates in the first christmas place in the building does not have to be central to the plot to be a christmas movie it just has to happen yeah but does every is every movie include a thanksgiving dinner a thanksgiving movie sure why not what <laughs> i don't know okay this is how good. many thanksgiving movies do you know what you, plenty that you've seen thanksgiving dinners held at okay well it's die hard it's a classic it is a Christmas movie because there's a lot of bad Christmas movies. This is not a bad Christmas movie. This is a great Christmas movie. It's a great movie. How about we end on that? It is a great movie. It is a great movie. All right. Well, this is a great episode. Uh, we'll see you back on Monday. Penn State Senior Night. 
senior day, 4 o'clock. It's kind of in the middle. It's going to be dark. Uh, against Nebraska, they're 26-point favorites. Should be a fun one. We hope to see you there. And if not, we'll be back on Monday. Ain't this what they've been waiting for? You ready? Uh, uh, I used to pray for times like this. To-